morning. Nine, eight, seven, this is roll six, twenty nine. Twenty nine. Three, two, one. Don't operate under these conditions, boy. You know, we're coming out. It's like we're like we're striking. That's what it is. It's like a strike. discontent with the Beatles. Hello and welcome to Winter of Discontent, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the recordings of the Beatles sessions for the Get Back project. In the coming weeks, I'll be providing an in-depth commentary on the available audio material captured on two Nagra tape recorders in January 1969. Day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, I'll attempt to bring clarity and context to the Beatles' discussions and those of their supporting players. In addition, I'll devote specific episodes to the people and events that are essential to understanding what really happened all those years ago. My name is Nick. Join me now as we embark on this epic journey together. Episode 1, Prologue. It's Wednesday, 16th of October 1968. John Lennon and Paul McCartney, producer George Martin and engineer Ken Scott assemble the final running order for the album they're calling The Beatles. Fans will eventually rechristen it The White Album. Utilising studios 1, 2 and 3 and rooms 41 and 42 at EMI, it takes 24 hours to complete the task. The longest Beatles session ever. It's the end of a tense five months recording that's put a strain on their relationship with each other and with the staff at EMI. The worst time, I think, was the White Album. Although it was a good album and we made it through the, those sessions, during those sessions, it was a very difficult period. Also, it was a double album. It went on forever. That was when the rot started setting in, really. Far from resting on their laurels, the Beatles embark on a diverse set of side projects which will occupy them till the end of the year. We had to really find out everything about our own personal affairs and the group and business affairs since Brian died. You know, we had a, it was really hard because there was nobody else who could do it except us. So we had to do it and at the same time we had to try and make this album so just at the moment, everybody, we just finished the album and everybody's just going away for a break, have a holiday. So I think we've made it. You know, we come back refreshed to Christmas. But first, on the morning of Friday, 18th of October, John Lennon and Yoko Ono are arrested by the drug squad at their flat in Montague Square. They bust us in England. And I have a record for life. 
I have problems getting in countries because this guy busts me. I've never denied having been involved with drugs, but at that particular time, there was a question raised in the House of Parliament. Why do they need 40 cops to arrest John and Yoko? That thing was set up. The Daily Mail and the Daily Express were there before the cops came. He'd call the press. In fact, Don Short had told us they're coming to get you three weeks before. So believe me, I'd clean the house out because Jimi Hendrix had lived there before in this apartment and I'm not stupid. I went through the whole damn house. The following day, John and Yoko appear at Marylebone Magistrates Court, London, for a hearing on the charges against them. In October, an announcement was made that the Beatles would be filmed giving a live performance and 100 lucky fans could win a place in the audience. Initial plans were made to hold three concerts at the Roundhouse and a rather optimistic date of December 15th was set. On Sunday 20th of October, Paul McCartney travels to New York with Linda Eastman. It was here that he began growing the thick black beard that would become his distinctive get-back look. On Tuesday 22nd of October, recording sessions commence at Sound Recorder Studio in Los Angeles. The artist is Jackie Lomax and the producer is George Harrison. Well, it has to be George Harrison because I, I was kind of wandering in London. You know, I didn't really know what to do. And, and John and Paul just told me to go to Apple Publishing. I went there and I got signed as a writer, not thinking that anyone would, like, hear it and pick up on it. I was just putting songs down on, the, on a little two-track tape recorder, you know. But he'd come in and said, oh, I really like this stuff. Uh, when I get back from India, let's make an album. George flew out on the 16th of October, two days before the final White Album session. On Friday 25th of October in London, John and Yoko announced that they are expecting a baby. While at EMI Studios, George Martin supervises mixing. Hey Bulldog, all together now, all you need is love and only a northern song. On Tuesday 29th of October, in the control room of Studio 3 at EMI, the Beatles' final studio session of 1968 takes place. Stereo mixes are created for the Yellow Submarine soundtrack album. Mixes that are made by Jeff Emmerich. This is significant because Jeff had quit working with the Beatles during the recording sessions for the White Album. On Friday 1st of November, Wonderwall Music by George Harrison, the soundtrack to the film of the same name, is released in the UK, and George became the first Beatle to release a solo album. And still George is producing Jackie Lomax. On Monday 4th of November, a pregnant Yoko Ono is admitted to Queen Charlotte's Hospital in London, suffering from stress. On Thursday 7th of November, John Lennon draws a cartoon strip titled A Short Essay on Macrobiotics While Staying in the Hospital with Yoko. It reads, So I was vegetarian. So I was slow. So I read this book. So I went to Greg's. So I did ten days rice. So I was fast. So I read this. So we all need harmony. Hi Greg. John Lennon. November 7th. 1968. Note, Greg's was a health food store in London. That brand has a whole other meaning in modern Britain. On Friday 8th of November, Cynthia Lennon was granted a decree nisi in the London Divorce Court, signifying the end of her marriage to John.
Around this time, during a break in the Jackie Lomax sessions, George Harrison and Beatles assistant Mal Evans dropped by the Capitol Records building to listen to the US pressing of the White Album. George is horrified to find that heavy limiting has been applied to the audio prior to the cutting of the disc, greatly reducing its dynamic range. He orders the lacquers destroyed and supervises a new master, just in the nick of time. On Monday 11th of November, unfinished music number one, Two Virgins, by John Lennon and Yoko Ono, is released in the US. Oh, I have to explain it to you. Now, all you're going to do is like, I'm going to just do, you know, um, one tone thing. So you have to go and do one tone, just like one line. <laughs> Don't give me that look. Now, and I'm going to just go on doing that too. See, You're not liable to leave the room while you leave me doing the one note. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't worry about that. As long right, as you no. do the one note. Okay, I think I've got it now. Um, I'll just get my note. And then you get out of your breath. Got it. If you get out of your breath. Yes. Yes. And you just take your breath and you go on again. Right. So. <laughs> Do it with the same time. Right, right, right. Because you have a different. Right, excuse us. We start again. With a one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, with a one, two, one, two, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> you're going off. No, you have to I'm start just that. counting it in. Okay. Right. With a one, two, one, two, one. <laughs> you didn't enough of that. Well, let's go. Okay. I can't go. Yes, it. Uh, <laughs> she's having trouble. Yes. We're starting again. Huh? Take that from the top, will you, love? Now look, lean over, you know, a bit more sweep as we come round the side wing. <laughs> right, let's start again. <laughs> she, I can't even do, do one. Now. She's going to that stage. It's all right. We'll wait for her, ladies and gentle spoons. In Peter Brown's scurrilous book, he insinuates that John and Yoko had been having an affair for some time before this meeting. It's clear from listening to this clip that they don't know each other at all well, and John is so nervous he's babbling away and desperately trying to be funny. Yoko is being indulgent and laughing generously at his antics, and they're obviously flirting with each other. This isn't a recording of well-established lovers. Also this day, the 10th and final Los Angeles recording session for Jackie Lomax took place. In 1968, uh, you'd been uh, a pioneer with the Moog synthesizer and recording with uh, um, all sorts of interesting uh, people, ranging from the Doors to George Harrison and working with, with the Weavers and Pete Seeger. Uh, how did you suddenly become fascinated? When Paul and I, uh, Paul Beaver and I, got together in the mid-60s and uh, bought one of the first Moog synthesizers off the line and introduced it to pop music and film, um, uh, we were, we had to think of new ways to uh, present this material. And one of the one of the things that we came up with was maybe to do an album on the theme of ecology. On Tuesday 12th of November, while in the studio with Jackie Lomax, George was introduced to synthesizer player Bernie Krause. 
Krauss gave a demonstration of the Moog synthesizer in the studio. This was recorded, apparently without his knowledge, edited and eventually released as No Time or Space on one side of George's album, Electronic Sound. On Friday 15th of November, George, a fan of American comedy stars the Smothers Brothers, makes an appearance on their CBS variety show. Yeah, but it's not the kind of Beatle you would expect it to be. It's the kind of Beatle that you, uh, I think you hoped it would be. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. George Harrison. I think uh, saw the uh, several weeks ago we had on uh, your your people did uh, oh hey Jude. hey Jude and Revolution. Beautiful. We thought Tommy and I both thought that Hey Jude was the best presentation that we've ever seen of the Beatles, and we're glad it was. Uh, yes, on our so show. we. Jim <laughs> Atmos with a dick. <laughs> this, uh, let me answer. This is Tommy, and this is my brother Dick. Hi, Dick. Hi, Dick. Enjoyed your work. You look different in person. Yeah, so do you. Yeah. It's all the makeup. Too much makeup. Do you have something important? Something or? very important to say on American television. You know, we don't, we, a lot of times we can't, we don't have opportunity to say anything important because it's American television. Every time you say uh, something, and yeah. try to say something important, they, uh, do Cue the lines. <laughs> well, whether you can say it or not, keep trying to say it. That's what's important. You get that? Yeah. That is very important. Ah, just a minute, just a minute. Wait a second. Okay, cue the clap now. On Wednesday 20th of November, in the absence of anyone else doing promotion for it, Paul is interviewed for Radio Luxembourg talking about the new Beatles album. Uh, well, Paul, I'd like you to talk about the LP in general. What do you want to say about it, Tony? The songs, I think, um, perhaps a surprise to some people because I think a lot of people expected another step from Sergeant Pepper. Well, it is another step, you know, but it's not necessarily in the way people expected. Uh, on Sergeant Pepper, we we had more instruments, uh, instrumentation than we never had, more orchestral stuff than we'd ever used before. So it's more of a production. But we didn't really want to go overboard on that this time. And we've tried to play more like a band this time, only using instruments when we have to, instead of just using them for the fun of it. Is this for any sort of concept of being able to do the things live? Uh, yeah, and also for the concept that we like playing together. That's the main concept. <laughs> then, on Thursday, 21st of November... Yoko suffered a miscarriage. On 
On the same day, George Harrison took part in a recording session for the band Cream for the song he'd co-written called Badge, playing rhythm guitar throughout the first half and the Leslie Darpeggios in the latter half. George dominates the recording and repays his debt to Clapton for guesting on While My Guitar Gently Weeps earlier in the year. On Friday 22nd of November, the Beatles' eponymously titled double album is released in the UK. Also on this day, Paul is captured on tape talking, singing and playing guitar with folk singer Donovan and Mary Hopkin at EMI during sessions for Hopkins' debut album, which Paul is producing. I said, sang it to Diana Ross the other night. She took offence. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't mean it like that originally. <laughs> I remember really? Saying, yeah, I just sort of read something in the paper about Late in November, around Thanksgiving, George stays with Bob Dylan in Woodstock. After a few days of not communicating, George convinces Dylan to jam with him on guitar. Bob kept asking George to show him some more advanced chords, according to author Simon Long. Harrison demonstrated major seventh, diminished and augmented chords. While playing a G major seventh chord and moving up the neck to a B flat, George was inspired to write something. After some coaxing, Bob came up with a chorus for the piece and a Dylan Harrison co-write was born. Um, George got stuck, you know, with, with being the Beatle that had to fight to get songs on, on, on records because of Lennon and McCartney. Well, you know, who wouldn't get stuck, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, if George had had his own group and was writing his own songs back then, he'd have been uh, uh, probably just, you know, just as big as anybody. Um, and... Uh, George's uh, George had uh, 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 uncanny ability to to just play chords and and, and of, of just that didn't seem to be connected in any kind of way and uh, come up with uh, a, a, a melody and a song. I mean, I, I don't know anybody else who could do that either. You know. Um, On Monday, twenty fifth of November, the Beatles is released in the U.S. Also during November. Individual Beatles have been separately recording their contributions to this year's Christmas Fan Club record. Are you going to release a Christmas record this year? You mean one of those fan club records? Right. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. I want it. But it's still only available to people in the official Beatles fan club. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> we've got two, 64 and 66, and we'd like to get their other ones. Well, really, that's something that... Uh, you know, we were doing specially for the fans. How many fans are there over there in England? <laughs> There's quite a lot. But you see, the thing is, they pay their money and they get the pictures and the information on that. But the main thing they really get by being a fan is this Christmas record we do. And it's pointless if we put it out so everybody can buy it because then, yeah. you know, they don't get anything special. But we'll be doing that again. Yeah, we'll do it probably first week in December. John took the opportunity to air some private grievances. Once upon a time, there were two balloons called Jock and Yono. They were strictly in love, bound to happen in a million years. They were together, man. Unfortunate timetable, they seemed to have previous experience, which kept calling them one way or another. You know how it is. 
But they battled on against overwhelming oddities, including some of their beast friends. Being in love, they clung together even more, man, but some of the poisonous monster of outdated busload of throwers did stick slightly, and they occasionally had to resort to the dry cleaners. Luckily, this did not kill them, and they weren't banned from the Olympic Games. They lived hopefully ever after, and who could blame them? On Thursday 28th of November, following his arrest the previous month, John Lennon appeared at Marylebone Magistrates Court, London, where he pleaded guilty to cannabis possession. He was fined £150 plus court costs of 20 guineas. And the only reason I pleaded guilty because I thought they'd send Yoko away because we weren't married. And I thought, what's the word? They'd throw her out of the country. So I copped a plea. You got a £100 something or £150. Do you, uh, do you have an opinion on drug laws? Would you want to care to say something? I just think they should make some differentiation between the hard and soft drugs, you know. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they should have pop bars, you know, if they're going to have alcohol, you know. But I don't know. Is this, uh, I'd sooner <laughs> ban sugar, you know. A day later on Friday 29th of November, just over two weeks after its US release, Unfinished Music Number 1, Two Virgins, by John Lennon and Yoko Ono, was released in the United Kingdom. On Monday 2nd of December, going in the opposite direction, George Harrison's first solo LP, Wonderwall Music, original soundtrack album, was released in the United States a month after its UK release. For the December edition of the Beatles book, The previously announced live shows in December were revised to three concerts at an undisclosed venue in January 1969. On Tuesday the 3rd of December, Maurice Hindle interviews John and Yoko at Kenwood where they'd returned to live after the drug bust and John's divorce. John talks about what the Beatles are doing right now as well as promoting the benefits of a macrobiotic diet. They're all doing their bit, you know. George is out in the States, just sort of reconnected with Dylan and a few people out there that we sort of lost touch with, seeing who we can pick up the label. You know. There's a great record he's got, which uh, God knows how we'll release it, The King of Foot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just fantastic by a fellow called Brute Force. <laughs> and uh, it's on Hail the Foot King. And, you know, it's, it's just very good bit. It's very good. On Wednesday, 4th of December, George Harrison, having returned from America, circulates a memo to Apple staff to tell them that he's invited a group of Hells Angels from California to stay at the offices of 3 Savile Row. It reads, Hells Angels will be in London within the next week, on the way to straighten out Czechoslovakia. They will be 12 in number, complete with black leather jackets and motorcycles. They will undoubtedly arrive at Apple and I have heard they may try to make full use of Apple's facilities. They may look as though they're going to do you in, but are very straight and do good things. (laughs) So don't fear them or uptight them. Try to assist them without neglecting your Apple business and without letting them take control of Saddle Row. In the end, only two angels made it to London. On Friday 6th of December, Apple released the first album by James Taylor, the only Apple artist to go on to a successful career. Produced by Peter Asher and it features Paul McCartney on bass. 
that it, it turned out that you know they usually recorded at Abbey Road, but Abbey Road didn't have an eight-track machine, and uh, there was only one eight-track machine in Britain at the time. Wow! And that was uh, at a studio called Trident, which was in Leicester Square. So uh, the the Beatles just booked it solid for a couple of months, and uh, we took the time they weren't using. Also in December. Ringo is interviewed by David Wick. Last week was quite a controversial week for the Beatles. Yeah. How close are you? We've had reports that you're not as close as you used to be and that the Beatles aren't as rich as everyone thought they were and yeah, that they might true. have to close down Apple. Yes, well, that's How true, true that's, is this, Ringo? Well, should we take them one at a time? Yes. <laughs> All right, what was the first one? <laughs> are you as close? Uh, yes. With, you, you know, there's that famous old saying, you always heard the one you love. And we all love each other, and we all know that, but we still sort of hurt each other occasionally, you know, where we just misunderstand each other, and we go off, you know, and it builds up to something bigger than it ever was, and then we have to come down to it and get it over with, you know, and sort it out. And so we're still really very close people. What's the second one? Do you see the Beatles going on? like they are at the moment for a long time in the future, or do you see a split very soon? It depends what you mean as a split. I mean, we split... You go your separate ways and not... Completely, no, together. we'll never go... Oh, I can't say never, but I mean, we won't go our separate ways after this album, and we'll always be tied up with each other in some way, you know, because we've signed a lot of papers, and since we stayed together for 20 years or something. And oh. Apple closing, you know, is, is silly. We have spent a lot of money, you know, because we get... We don't earn as much as people think, because if we earn a million, then the government gets 90% and we get 10,000. We didn't you know, sort of realise how much we were spending, you know, like someone pointed out, to spend 10,000, you have to make 120, but we just spend as 120. So what we're doing now is tightening up on our own personal money and on the, the company's money, you know, and we're not just giving as much away and handouts and things like that, you know, and as many projects, we're going to cut down a bit till we've sorted ourselves out again and do it properly as a business. Do you feel you have been a bit careless with money? Yes, I think we have. But it, it's not that we're broke. On paper, we're very wealthy people. Just when it gets down to pound notes, we're only half wealthy. <laughs> Are you concerned about public opinion? Because there is a suggestion that your popularity isn't as strong as it used to be. No, it isn't. Well, it's because, you know, when we first started, we were the nice, clean mop tops and every mother's son and everyone loved us. And then suddenly, you know, there's a few things that they don't understand and they don't get and, you know, they don't like. And so it turns them off us a bit, you know. But I still think we're very popular. It's just a, you know, we're men now, you know. We're a bit older than those lads that started out. And we've got a lot of things to do, you know. You've got to do a few of them. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what people say. You can't live all your life by what they want. You know, we can't go on forever as four clean little mop tops playing She Loves You. You seem to be the more industrious Beatle. No, I'm the laziest Beatle, actually. Are you? Yeah, see, that's just my image. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm quite happy to finish an LP and go and sit back. But I'm, I can enjoy myself just sitting back, you know, and playing at home with all the toys and the kids and the wife. I enjoy playing with the wife. <laughs> On Tuesday 10th of December, John and Yoko rehearsed with the supergroup comprising Eric Clapton, Mitch Mitchell and Keith Richards. They named themselves the Dirty Mac. On Wednesday the 11th of December, the Dirty Mac give their debut and only performance, videotaped for the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus TV special. Mick pretended to be like a Johnny Carson figure interviewing John. And it was uh, 
it, not only was it, it's sort of sweet and funny in itself, but it also showed how close they all were at the time, that they were rivals, you know, that you know, the Beatles wanted to get to number one before the Stones, and that's why they staggered their releases. Yeah. But they were great friends. All the, those big musicians in London, I'm, I'm talking about John and Mick Beatles, Rolling Stones, who, they all were really, really close. In the early morning of December the 12th, following their performances, John Lennon and Yoko Ono give an interview to John Peel for the show Night Ride. What have you been doing today? I already know, actually, but people are listening going, well, John, seeing as you ask me, I was doing a TV show with the Stones, the Rock and Roll Circus. Seems great, you know. A lot of people on it. I was doing a number with uh, Eric Clapton and Mitch Mitchum, is it? Yeah. Keith Richards, Yoko Ono, and Monsieur Evie Evie on violin. It's very exhilarating, and the who are whoing, and the stones are stoning, the clowns are clowning. Let's see, what, what other projects do you have for the... That wasn't a project, that was a mix saying, do us a favour, Stevie Winwood's pulled out. John and Yoko then give a lengthy interview on this day to the Dutch television show Rude Wit Blau, Red, White, Blue. My situation is that the other day I was told that if I wanted to buy any more or waste any more money, which I do, either waste it by giving it to relatives or friends or people that want it, in the, always in the hope that they'll do something with it, you know, but it's like that. It doesn't work. And a few divorces, and suddenly I'm like the poorest beetle, it's surprising. <laughs> so he said, if you want to use any more money, you'll have to sell something you already have. Now, I don't care if I have no money or a lot of money, you know. I'm not out to make more money, but I'm out to break even. Now, I've earned it, the money I've got. But a lot of other people who should be nameless have carved us up in the usual way that pop stars and people are carved up. And my main concern about money, I never bother about it, only the thought that there's quite a few people sitting comfortably having done nothing but trick us to get our money, you know. And I'd sooner throw it down the drain or give it away to the fascists or the Tories or the left wing or anybody <laughs> rather than just be conned. <laughs> I'm always conned, you know, because yeah. I'm straight, fairly straight. Mm. And I never realised, I thought it was sharp, you know, and I wouldn't be conned, but I've been conned all the time. Paul, Linda Eastman and her daughter Heather are holidaying in Praia de Luz, Portugal, with Beatles biographer Hunter Davis and his wife. On the 13th of December, an interview with Paul is published by the newspaper Popular Diary, which he had given in exchange for being left to enjoy the remainder of his holiday. Different times, eh? Some of us haven't had much dolce in our vidas. How can I help? Give me one little... This man wet his pants. I don't care about that. What? I need you now. But well, he give himself. Yes, now. Now, ladies and gentlemen. Now, 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 on Wednesday the 18th of December, as part of the underground Christmas party, our chemical wedding at the Royal Albert Hall in London, John Lennon and Yoko Ono appear on stage inside a large white bag. If you're interested in the alchemical wedding, Royal Albert Hall, December the 18th, 
and uh, it's 15 bob, I think, and a pound at the door, and it's going to be a very unique experience. Your head is only part of your body. Stop thinking with your head. Start knowing with your body. The birth of a great silence. School for teachers. Make the largest possible statement and discuss that part of it, which is relevant. A celebration on December the 18th. Thinking is weightless. Use words only for words, things only for things. Bring your hands. The revolution is over. We are all free men. Body religious article in the worship of now. Get away from the use of words for things. The revolution is not over. Let's make it now. When speaking of action, you're committing the action of speaking. The body's mistakes are called illnesses. The slave says I. The free man says we. Celebration on December the 18th. Go naked. Only put on clothes which do not change that message. Keep your statement as direct and genuine as possible. Alchemical wedding, Royal Albert Hall. Take the world in your hands, your eyes, your mouth. Revolutionary wedding, Royal Albert Hall. Alchemical wedding, Royal Albert Hall. On Friday the 20th of December, the Beatles fan club sends out its Christmas record for 1968. Beispiele fernöstlicher Gedankengänge, Jokos Gegenstände, mit denen jeder etwas anfangen kann, zum Beispiel Nägel hineinschlagen. Also in December, John and Yoko were filmed at Kenwood for German TV. Wir befinden uns hier in einem Zimmer von John Lennons Tudor Villa, in dem Yoko alle Gegenstände halbiert hat. I like heavy paper and things like that. I mean, paper being as heavy as um, iron or something like that. And you can't fold it more than eight times. <laughs> That's true. That's what John told me, that you can't fold paper more than eight times. On Monday, 23rd of December, the Apple Christmas Party features John and Yoko as Santa and Mrs. Claus. Frisco Pete, one of the angels invited to Apple by George, grew restless waiting for his Christmas turkey and screamed at John, What the fuck is going on in this place? We want to eat! Journalist Alan Smith attempted to calm down the situation and was punched for his trouble. Meanwhile, a photographer captured a very gloomy-looking Mr and Mrs Claus with their equally miserable little helper, Mary Hopkin. Eventually, George asked the angels to leave Apple. Over Christmas and the New Year, George and Patty had a visitor come to stay at their home, Kim Fawns in Weybridge, French model, actress Charlotte Martin, who had recently broken up with Eric Clapton. But more about her another time. Surprise, surprise. And that's the story of the Beatles in the last months of 1968, each pursuing their own projects, even if those projects are just playing with the wife, as Ringo would have it. It's significant that, particularly for George and John, this extracurricular stuff has been far more exciting and fulfilling than their Beatle activities. But, in December, Paul contacted Dennis O'Dell, the head of Apple Film, to inform him that the Beatles' project of a televised concert was back on. Dennis moved from schedules around and offered them the soundstage at Twickenham for the whole of January to rehearse and be filmed, while pre-production of The Magic Christian was going on. And that's where our story really begins and that's it thanks for listening let me know what you think on our facebook page and our instagram all titled winter of discontent pod please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review it really helps other people find us 
You can also email on brincherofdiscontentpod at gmail.com. Thanks again and goodbye for now. Bye.